What up, boys? How are you doing? Anyone back? Is that a sheep? Must be lost. I know the villain, bro. Me too. Coming, you gonna stay out here all night? Yeah, man, come on. Man, dang. Man, y'all couldn't have got me up a little earlier. We're not the ones at the curfew. It's just a few minutes anyway. Tell me to chill. Yeah, right, man. They're always on me about something, especially getting home on time. Do you like them? Look, I've been a foster kid my whole life, and the one thing I've learned is all foster parents are the same. I mean, sometimes it's good for a little minute, but something always happens. All right, go wash up. Dinner's almost ready. Hey, hey. hey I was starting to worry about you. I know, I'm sorry. All the kids back? Everybody except Damien. All right, go ahead and start dinner. I'll wait out here for him. Okay, baby. Love you. Love you too. No, you need to be gentle on him. He is a good kid. I know he is. But this time it's a little different. I just feel like I can't trust him. Anyways, enough of that. Y'all trying to hang out tomorrow? Yeah, man. Cool. Hey, man, where you going? Shortcut! I don't even know where I am sometimes. I stay trying to do my best, but you couldn't even imagine the hell I've been through. These people out here keep telling me God will save you, but where was he at when I was in foster home number two? Or four? Or seven? Got a new mom and dad now. But I already know they ain't gonna be any different. Why? Just cause they're Christian? Psh, I'm on my own. Like always, riding solo into a world full of unknowns. People placing blame and throwing stones. You never know what you'll meet around the corner. I just know I'm not ready for the corner to meet me. take me. I still don't know where I'm going. But I run fast enough to forget. Fast enough I can't remember. Hey, yo, let's check up here. 
is. He came for me. He was there. For me. Maybe this one's okay. Maybe this time it'll be alright. Maybe this time I'll know what love feels like. Maybe this time I'll know what it means to go home. You know, I don't know about you, but I know what Damien felt like. I know what it was like to run. I know what it's like to feel like a sheep without a shepherd. This Easter, you may be running from ravenous wolves that have done everything they can do to take you down and take you out. You could be just looking for somewhat more comfortable life. You could be looking for a lot of things. But like Damien, we've all been at a point in our lives when we've had to run. No matter where you're from, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what you're going through, we're thrilled and honored that you chose to experience Easter with us at Faith Promise Church. Amen. We love you guys. We're thrilled. And this could be your first time. Come on, Faith Promises. Welcome all of our campuses and all of our guests. Our God behind bars, campuses, and man, we're just, we're excited about what God is doing. Easter is exciting. It's thrilling. It's unbelievable. Now, a lot of people look at Easter and they say, oh, I got, it's just another religious holiday relegated for religious weirdos. Come on. Anybody know anybody religious and weird? It's all right. Yeah. You're not supposed to get to meet God and get weird. You're supposed to get better. So I'm not sure what's happening to some people. See, Easter was the turning point of all of history. Jesus' birth split time. His death, it defines time for every man, woman, boy, or girl. Easter is the moment that heaven, satisfaction, and joy became obtainable to every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. I don't care what gender you are, I don't care what ethnicity you are, what race you are, what backgrounds you are, what nationality, what creed, what socioeconomic level you're at, what political party, it simply doesn't matter. In reality, Easter was when all of humanity was literally offered equal footing and equal standing. Does that make sense? That's what Easter did for us. See, Easter is for everyone. It's not just for people that are weird. I mean, listen, you're not supposed to go to church and get weird. But so many people do. That's why a lot of people don't go to church. Because they've been. And there's weird people there. That's not what Jesus is. See, Easter is for everyone. we, We all know about wolves. As a matter of fact, there once was a world that was devoid of wolves. There was a world that had perfect love, a perfect family, it had a perfect environment, it was, it was perfect. We read about that in Genesis chapter 1, in Genesis chapter 2, in Genesis chapter 3. And then in Genesis 3, enter the wolf of hell. And the wolf tempted Adam and Eve to disobey God and go against the only one thing he said not to do, but they couldn't stand it, and they did the one thing God said not to do. It was only one. And because of that, sin entered the human race. 
And with that, sin brought a separation between people and the Creator. Now, for many of you, the thought of sin and separation, I, listen, those are not politically correct terms, are they? For some people, they're really mostly charged. Well, you're judging me, and you think you're better than me. No, no, I see us all at the exact same level. I don't care, what, I don't care where you're from, your education. It doesn't matter, because the Bible puts us all on the same level. But sin and separation entered. And on that day that sin and separation entered, mankind, we all became lost sheep, roaming and running like sheep without a shepherd, running many times for our very lives. And now we find ourselves in the 21st century. We know that we live in a world where wolves multiply at will. Would y'all agree with that? They're everywhere. And if we could just be honest with each other for a second, and I think the church ought to be a place where we're honest. But so many people, listen, we go to church, we get dressed, and we act like people that we don't even know. And then we go home and we act normal. Come on. Let's be, listen, if you're a guest, we're a place where it's raw and real. This is a place where it's okay not to be okay. Since Genesis chapter 3, everybody's broken. What we do is we say, oh, hey, praise, I'm not as broke as he is, and I'm not as broken as she is, so I'm better than other people. Isn't that crazy? Everybody broken, try to see who's the most brokenest. <laughs> Good night. But see, we've all, if we could be honest... Before God and each other, we've all fallen prey, the vicious attacks of the wolf. And those vicious attacks and those devastating teeth have left scars on our souls. I take it from me. My dad left when I was three. I, I was sexually and physically abused as a little boy. I got high for the first time when I was 10 years old. I was in the fourth grade when I smoked my first joint. And my life continued to spiral faster and faster, it just more and more out of control. I was being destroyed from the inside and the outside. By the time I was 22, I was dealing drugs. I was a drug addict. I had needle marks up both arms. I was shooting coke. Everything, I mean, it was, my life was just uh, been busted. I, I was ruined. I understand the scars. And at 22, there I was like a sheep without a shepherd. I overdosed on drugs, should have died. Ended up in Memorial Hospital in Chattanooga, Tennessee. After about two or three days, my mind cleared and I understood what was going on. And I said, look at you, you've ruined yourself. And I remember the gospel. The, good, the gospel means good news that I'm sharing with you. I remembered hearing it as a kid and in that hospital bed. I said, you know, God, I've ruined and wrecked it. And I was told that, that if I would ask you to forgive me, you'd forgive me and you'd make me brand new. And God, I've ruined my life. It's yours. Take it. Do whatever you want to with it. That was 35 years ago. And can I tell you, I am a satisfied customer 35 years later. So we all get the scars. We all get the, the, we all get the teeth. We all understand the devastation. Some of us have experienced false shepherds that promised deliverance and promised they were going to take care of us, but they never came through. Some of us, this, this Easter, just existing day by day, work week by work, week check to check, season to season, vacation to vacation, decade to decade, thinking there's got to be more to this stinking life than getting up, having breakfast, going to work, and doing it again tomorrow. Some of us have given up. Filling the hole that we know is in our heart that you could drive a Mack truck through. 
How do you know we have that hole, Chris? Because God said, I put eternity in your heart. So we were born with this God-shaped hole in our heart. And so some of us are still hoping, dreaming, wondering, praying, dear God, can there be more to this life? Well, I'm here to tell you, there is. I'm telling you, there is. Easter was the first time that the flock of humanity was offered more. So, so, Pastor, how did we lose that perfect love? What did we do? Well, Adam and Eve sinned. Our DNA has been marred with that sin. We are all sinners. We've sinned by nature and we've sinned by choice. We've all done things we knew that we shouldn't do, hadn't we? Come on, all of us, we're all in the same boat. See, we abandon and we continue to abandon that perfect love for selfish and sinful pleasures. And this is what people tell me, but wait a minute, Pastor, I work hard. Aren't I entitled? Am I not entitled to have fun? Aren't I entitled to have love? And aren't I entitled? Well, in fact, if it goes against the Word of God, no, you're not. No, you're free to do it if you choose. I have a car. Am I free to drive my car without oil? Sure I am. Is it going to ruin the car? Absolutely. Uh, am, am I free not to take care of my body and not to eat well? Sure I am. But it's going to cause me to die early, miss all that God had planned for me. See, we're free to do a lot of things. Should we do them if they go contrary to the Word of God? No. No. So what we all need is a perfect love that will seek us out, that will come and find us because we all roam about like sheep without a shepherd. As a matter of fact, you may not have ever read the Bible, and if you haven't, we're thrilled that you're here. As a matter of fact, Faith Promise, we're trying to reach people that are simply just far from God and don't have any clue about this book. And so, if you read the four Gospels, the first four books of the Newer Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, multiple times Jesus is teaching, much like I am now, except he'd have 20 or 30,000 people and no microphone. He was a stud. And, <laughs> and so, he, he would preach, and he would begin to weep, and the disciples would say, Lord, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And he would say, look at the crowd. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Now, for us in America, us city slickers in West Knoxville, we don't have a clue about sheep. Come on. Most of you, if you've ever seen a live sheep, you were at the farm, the fair. See, what is Easter? Easter is God's wild love seeking to find us and to free us. That's what God is doing. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's, does that make sense? Let me, let me share with you. If you've been around church... This is a pretty familiar passage. It's John 10. The Gospel of John was written to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. There are seven names, seven miracles that, that throughout the entire book of John. There are seven sayings from the cross, and there are seven I ams. And one of the I ams that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Now again, I'm going I'm to give you a couple of sheep facts here in a minute. But let's look at John 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, all the shepherds would come in the evening in the town, and there would be a huge sheepfold, 
and they would bring their sheep in, and then the shepherd would sleep across. He, ri- he literally was the gate. There wasn't a door, so the shepherd would, would sleep. And he said, if anybody tries to get in the fold that doesn't come through the door in any other way, they're a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, every morning, a shepherd would get up. Now, there are all these different flocks of sheep in this big fold. And what would the shepherd do? He'd get up, he'd stand outside, he'd open up, and he'd whistle, hey, come here, like you call your dog in for dinner. Come here. He'd call him by name. Come here. Micah, come here, Zach. He'd call him. <laughs> and, and you know what? They would follow. And that's what, that's what went on. And it, it said he leads them out. When he, put, when he puts forth all his own, when they're all out, he goes ahead of them and they she follow him because they know his voice. A stranger, they simply will not follow. They will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, Jesus is, is telling them in this that he is about to go to the cross on Good Friday and be resurrected on Easter. Look what, look what it says. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, uh, were which he had been saying to them. They didn't get it. Now, uh, they, you know, we can, we can read that and be clueless. Because these guys understood sheep like we understand smartphones. I mean, everybody, it's in a great society. Everybody got it. And let me just give you a couple of facts about sheep. Number one, sheep are naturally distrustful, defenseless, and destructive. That's just the nature of sheep. Now, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are, we, are, we are compared to sheep over and over and over by God. It's over and over. Sheep wander off. Come on, they just wander off. You can put them in a wonderful pasture, green pasture, nice water, and if you turn your back, they just sort of eat their way on. <laughs> and pretty soon, the shepherd looks around, and where are they? They're gone. They're just, they're gone. And they will eat a field until there's nothing left. They will consume all of the resources. Does that sound like people to y'all? See, no class of livestock requires more supervision than a sheep. You don't have to watch a a, a cow 24-7. You don't have to watch a horse 24-7. But you've, a sheep has, sheep have to have a shepherd. Does that sound like people? Come on, think about it. Instead of being macho and that, man, I don't need anybody, come on, let's be real. See, just like sheep, we all wonder. We wonder in self-centeredness. We wonder in prejudice, hatred, violence, war, destruction of, of our lives and the people around us. Come on, we've got all of recorded history. There's virtually no time in the recorded history of mankind that a war wasn't going on or multiple wars. Why? Because that's where we wonder. Romans 3.23 says this, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And would y'all agree we've all sinned? Come on. Man, listen, if you think that, you, that, that we're not all sinners, can I tell you, it means you've never been a parent. Because <laughs> if you've been a parent, you know those little blessings from God are sinners. <laughs> are y'all with me? And then you get to be a grandparent, and you get dumb again and think, though your grandkids don't sin, but your, your children, oh, oh, yeah, they sin. I mean, you know, I said, you ever seen two two-year-olds? Here, play with my toys. No, you pick out your toy first. No, they slug it out. They want the same one. 
I have two little granddaughters and another one on the way. <laughs> they can't give me a grandson. So I got a three-year-old, <laughs> little JL, and I have an, an 18 months Bella. And Mimi, my wife, Michelle, is the favorite because she has more love. I don't have the patience, and I'm just going to wait to get 16 and buy my car and bribe them. So I don't... <laughs> so this is, but, but I'll watch... Michelle will be on the couch, and they're both coming, and they see each other, and they see Mimi. And I'll watch an 18-month-old shove a three-year-old, <laughs> and the three-year-old elbow the 18-month-old to get up in Mimi's lap. And then whoever gets up is kicking at the other one. Why? Because they're sinners. <laughs> Just way it is. Come on, somebody help me. So think about the, your pastor. Think about your life and your family and your neighborhood. Think of all the lives that have been ruined. Think, think. And see, what we see, we're like sheep. So we don't raise up our, we, we rarely lift up our head to look around at the devastation around us. We don't want to look up because when we look up, we see the consequences of some of the choices that we've made or others have made. If we look up, we see ruined marriages. We see health that's ruined, businesses that are ruined, ministry that's ruined. We look up, we may see kids that are ruined. We look up and we see the devastation. Because it says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Now, didn't we not just agree that we've all sinned? And what we get paid for that is death. But the second part of that verse is wonderful. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, like sheep, we've all been sheared. And when we get sheared because of the wolf and sin, we run and hide in shame just like Adam and Eve did. We run from God and we run from everyone else. We run. See, Easter is a wild love that comes to find us and free us. Easter is a wild love that offers to every one of us more, not less. There's so many people in this politically charged culture in America say, well, man, I, won't, I don't have anything. Nobody can have any fun. And man, if I turn to God, oh my mercy, come on, that's such a lie from the wolf. Isaiah 59, 2, which is a prophecy about the passage that Jesus is dealing with, says this, but your what? Your iniquities, which is another word for sin, have made a what? Between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face to you so that he does not what? Isaiah 53, 6, like this, says this, all we like have gone astray, and each of us has turned to whose way? But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. By his stripes we are healed. On the cross, Jesus took our punishment, our payment. So you're not here by accident this Easter. Whether you're a God Behind Bars campuses or wherever you're at this weekend, whatever campus you're at, you're not here by accident. Matter of fact, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd called you and drew you here. This is what we call a divine appointment. Jesus goes on in, in verse 7, so he said to them, truly, truly, I said to you, I'm, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. He says it over and over. I'm the door. If anyone enters through me, he'll be saved. He'll go in and he'll come out and find pasture. The thief, the wolf, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. 35 years ago, I met Jesus. And can I tell you, I get abundant life now. Because you get way more with God than you get without God. 
He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. Now, they don't understand. He's about to be crucified. See, we're reading backwards. They were looking forwards. He that is a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and not concerned about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And he goes on in verse 16, I have other sheep. That's us. John 10, 16, I have other sheep. That's you and me that he wants into his fold. He's the door. He's the gate. He's the way. Now, they didn't understand he would die on a cross, but we know that through history. They didn't get that he was paying for their sins. They didn't get any of that kind of stuff. But he was the good shepherd. He said, the hired hand runs when all hell breaks loose, but I'll always be there for you. If we were God, we'd have given up on us a long time ago, wouldn't you? Because I'd had enough of being flipped off and talked about and blasphemed and hated. And man, people, man, just shaking their fist and you don't exist and I hate you, God, I'd have enough. But see, God is, is this wild love that is seeking you out. And if you're ready to experience that wild love, if you're ready to turn your life to him, he's ready. He's ready to receive you. If you will hear my voice and call on me, Romans 10, 13, whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, here's the deal. Come on. I'm going to lead us in what we call in confessional prayer. And if you're ready to have your sins forgiven, if you're ready to turn from your old life to your new life, if you're ready to, to follow him, then he is ready to love you. He's ready to walk with you. Pray this prayer with us. Come on, say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. I know we're separated. Come into my heart. Be my shepherd. Be my Lord. I will follow you the rest of my life because you died for me. I will live for you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Give him a shout.